Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. I am coming at you with another one of our amazing clients and one of the top students inside of our community that contributes a whole lot. She gives more and more and more every single time. So I'm so blessed to have you with us, Quay, and just super, super excited that you have experienced firsthand what a cost segregation study can do for you. So without further ado, I would love to introduce yourself to the people, Quay. I want people to know that you're a part of the community. You're a hardworking professional, retired, and your husband's edging towards retirement. Introduce yourself to the community and let us know a little bit about your experience with short-term rentals and cost segregation studies. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for having me here. I'm Quay Watkins. I'm a retired attorney. I retired a couple of years ago. My husband is still a working physician, slowly moving towards retirement. And so I was been looking for something to do because my brain is still on fire. And so I stumbled into this whole world of short-term rentals took a couple of courses last year, including Rachel's course, which I absolutely highly recommend. I would not have been able to do this without her. And so purchased my first short-term rental last year. Awesome. And so I remember, Quay, when you first were purchasing that, you said you wanted someone you know, to work with you because you knew based on your schedule, your lifestyle, you have older children, but you wanted to continue to invest and reinvest in real estate, you didn't necessarily want to be managing long-term on your own. And you were really, really strategic, which is what I love. You purchased towards the end of the year, you place your property in service, and then you handed it off to management so that you can have that time freedom to take care of yourself, your family, and continue to look for that next property. Tell me a little bit about that first property that you purchased that was in New York. Okay, so we purchased a three-bedroom farmhouse in Hudson Valley, New York, which is a great drive-to destination for people who live in New York City and people who live in Boston. And I found the property in July. However, because of issues through the due diligence that surfaced the well, the septic, et cetera, et cetera. We ended up not closing until November 10th, which actually worked towards our advantage. My goal was to be able to close last year so I could take advantage of the short-term rental tax deduction where you have to do what's called a cost segregation study. So we closed November 10th. We rushed to get it ready, 
We put it on Airbnb somewhere around the first or second. I don't remember the exact date. And we were able to get a couple of rentals by the end of the year and have the cost segregation study done. And as a result, because we were able to do that by the end of the year, we were able to take a tax deduction for that short-term rental for last year. We are talking tax savings. This is spooky tax season. That's what I'm calling it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. No offense, all my tax professional friends, but this is spooky tax season. And you literally hear Quay spilling the tea on how she was able to make a purchase after November 1st, place it into service and have massive savings on short-term rentals. This isn't, this isn't a hoax, right? This isn't someone selling you a product. Quay has nothing to sell you. She's got nothing to sell you. She's selling you her first-hand experience. This is, she doesn't have a cost segregation company that she's trying to tell you, hurry up and sign up with me so that you can get this done. This is really her peeling back. And I really want her to paint the picture of what it looks like, but I wanted to tee that up. She purchased this property after November 1st. And here, a lot of you are, thinking, oh my goodness, it's too late for me. It is not too late. And I am here as an advocate for hope. I want to give you hope because when I first met Quay, she said to me, she wanted to build generational wealth for her children, for her grandchildren to come. Okay. So this is what we're talking about. This is a lever that is not a hustle lever. This is a lever that is available to many of you many of you out there who are working night and day to make an impact on your 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 family tree. And so I absolutely love the place that you you came at it, Quay. You want to leave something, you want to leave a legacy behind for your children and your children's children. And so we know that a lot of the wealthiest, they leverage these tax strategies. It is not reserved only for the wealthy. It, it is a, a strategy that a lot of individuals with W-2s can benefit massively from, and that's why we're here, okay? So let me give you the down and dirty. Okay. <laughs> give it to us, Quay, yes. The reason why, like many of you need tax deductions, we don't have businesses where we can get all of these fancy tax deductions or anything like that. So this short-term rental tax deduction, it's not, it's in the IRS code. I'm not a CPA. Talk to your CPA about it. If your CPA does not know, go to a CPA who works with real estate investors. So it basically allows us to shelter some of my husband's W-2 income. And that's really important. As I said, he's easing towards retirement and we are, he's at peak earning capacity. So every little deduction we can get, I'm going to try my best. And so I was determined that we were going to close on this deal and get that property up and running. And basically, it, you don't have to have your entire interior design there. I mean, basically, if you need to throw some rent of furniture in there temporarily, you have to put it in service. What that means is you have to advertise it. We put it on Airbnb. And at the end of the year, people are looking for rentals for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for New Year's, and we got a handful of rentals, and you have to have a certain amount of days. Again, talk, check with your CPA. You have to do a certain amount of hours of material participation. They'll explain that to you. And so what I did was I managed it myself. It was one property from the time we closed, November 10th 
through December 31st, all right? Because I wanted to make sure I got all of the requirements in. January 1st, I had already lined up my property manager and I handed the whole thing over to him January 1st. And then I was off to acquire the next property. And what this tax deduction can do for you, it can give you income to put towards acquiring another property. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't have the money, whatever, I can only buy something small, buy something small, right? And put that in service as a short-term rental, get that tax deduction. And then for the next year, you can use that income to buy something else. So it, I'm telling you, I am a big fan. I am working on getting one this year, putting it in service before the end of the year. So we're in October. It's not too late. It is absolutely not too late. Search, try to find a property and get working. I love that. The message of it is not too late, Quay. And that is the message that I really want to be heard by the community. It is not too late. Get with your realtor, get with your resources, those who have property to see what you can do to put one in service because it is not too late. The next three years, I think are going to be pivotal if we can accelerate that depreciation year this year, next year, and then the following year, at least. And I know that's that's one of your strategies. For those who have missed them, this year we get 100% bonus depreciation. Again, like Quay say, we're not the tax professionals. If you don't know what we're talking about, look, where have you been? <laughs> because we brought on Amanda Hahn, Tom Costelli, Yona Weiss, Ryan Bacon, he's coming back. So he can talk more and more about the 100% bonus depreciation. But I really just wanted to highlight what the process looked like. So Quay, can you paint us a picture on what should we expect if we're going to go through a cost segregation study? Some of them are going to be more robust than others, right? So we have a desktop version and then we have an on-site type of version. What, what, was that process like? So first step is you meet up with the specialist or you connect with that specialist that is going to do the cost segregation study for you. Paint that picture for us. Give us the roadmap of what that whole process looked like for you. You want to find a reputable company. They're companies that specialize in doing these cost segregation studies. And Yona Weiss's company is one of them. So you make sure you find somebody who really knows how to do this. This is not the time to DIY, okay, to research on the internet and figure out to do it. So essentially what they do is they go to see your property and they assign, first of all, if it's a a single family home, they deduct the value of the land because the land is not included and they assign a value to everything else in your house. If it's a condominium, they take the full value of the condominium because in a condominium, you don't own the land. And so they'll put a value on your roof and your furnace, even your furniture, your TV, whatever you have in your property, they put a value. And then they calculate what percentage of that value can you deduct deduct as your short-term rental tax deduction. So it's a formula. You get a report, a very detailed report. I was just looking for the bottom line number, right? And the, the firm that I use, I called them. They explained everything to me. 
And basically at tax time, you turn that report over to your CPA in addition to all the other requirements that you have to follow. And then that package will enable them to determine how much your tax deduction is. So cost segregation is key, and it's a very simple process. I wasn't even at the property at the time. I arranged for someone to be there. They came, they looked around, took notes, took photographs, and then I received the report. Nice, nice. And so after you received the report, you handed it over to your tax professional. What if my tax professional doesn't know about cost segregation studies, what would your recommendation be? (laughs) I had a tax professional who was very, very good. And when I explained to her that I wanted to invest in real estate, she said, oh, no, 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 no. You need to save your money to pay tax. I realized that that was not the right way. We can't can't move forward. We can't move forward. I'm not saying like that. I'm not saying any names. No, I, no. Next no, term. But these are, but this is where, Quay, here's what I talked about last week and the week prior. There are tax professionals who really specialize in compliance. And then there are those who specialize in strategy, right? And I appreciate anyone who wants to keep me out of jail. I am here for it. But if there's a strategy out there that can both benefit me. And still I can stay out of jail and still have an asset that is producing revenue for me. I want, I want that. I prefer that one. Wow. 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 So guys, I just want to take a pause and take a moment. There's nothing wrong with that CPA or that tax professional who is saying they want to make sure you are paying your taxes and all of that. That is good. That is not a bad thing. But what's better is that tax professional who understands the benefits and sometimes it's called like the magic that's behind some of these strategies that will not only save you a lot of money, but they will also allow you to create a revenue stream that you otherwise would not have created. So how impactful was it for you, Quay, to then transition perhaps to to, to a tax strategist who had more of that real estate understanding of real estate, because that's night and day what the trajectory of your life would look like in terms of paying, we're going to just pay for taxes versus we're going to leverage these tools to buy more property. It was an absolute red flag when my former CPA said that. And I realized that she couldn't help me. And I didn't know the how the nuts and bolts of how to do this, but she couldn't help me achieve my goal. And so it's if you break your arm, right? You're not going to go to a a podiatrist or a neurologist. You're going to go to an orthopedic surgeon who knows how to fix your arm. And so it was life-changing. So when I switched my CPA, I was I didn't have to ask them if they know what a cost segregation study is. When I filled out my form, I said, we purchased a short-term rental in 2021, and they sent me back a whole nother questionnaire, okay, about the short-term rental. Do you have all the different requirements? Please send us your cost segregation study. So if your CPA is asking you what it is, then that's a sign that you need to move on. And that's a hard, it was a hard decision, but... At the end of the day, it was 
very impactful to our family. And it not only helped us save taxes, it also helped us have additional income to acquire the next property. Oh, that is so powerful, Quay. So I wanted to actually take a moment. This is actually a a table that I created and I had Amanda Ryan as well as Tom Costelli to take a look at this. And this is pretty much your tax support team, who you need on your team. And you don't need all of these individuals at all times. Some of them are actually going to be cyclical or transactional, but you do need to hire out your tax preparer. Unless you yourself, uh, this is your secret power, your secret sauce. This is something that you're really good at and you're a CPA or an EA. I recommend that everyone first and foremost, hire out your tax preparer and you're going to expect to meet them maybe semi-annually, right? That's going to be your first hire. Preferably, you want your tax preparer to be someone who is well-versed with short-term rentals, real estate investing, who knows the ins and outs. I actually love that my tax preparer has investments themselves. So it helps me to get a clue of what are the changes that are going on because they're looking out for that in their own financial picture. The second top of all the changes in the regulations because the tax code changes all the time. So that's important that they actually are investors. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. But for those of you who feel as though, you know what, I this tax preparer, and I know some people have tax preparer who have been here for three generations in your family. <laughs> if you have that individual and you're not keen on switching, that is okay. But I would recommend that you get as much education as you can yourself or add a tax strategist to your life sooner than later. I typically say the tax strategist is your third hire, but you're going to want that sooner than later because some of these savings and benefits are time sensitive. Okay. Some of these savings are time sensitive. So definitely look at adding a tax strategist to your life. And here's the deal. The tax strategist is not just looking out for compliance. They're not typically going to be the one who files your taxes. Some of them may, right? But they're not typically just filing taxes. They're they're looking out for the strategy. What what are some things that you're doing within your, your life and your business that can produce an opportunity for you to get tax savings. And so you definitely want to look at adding a tax strategist. The second hire I had placed on here was a bookkeeper. Very important as you start to generate a good amount of monthly revenue. And I won't put a number to it. It just depends on your time capital when you're available. But a bookkeeper is going to be very important to add to your team. And the other individuals are going to be transactional or overarching. So once you start to generate over 500K in profit, definitely you want a a CFO, a controller, someone like that to look at your whole (laughs) situation. And so that's going to cost you a bit more for sure, but that individual is going to be worth it if they're very strategic and if they're very knowledgeable about what you are doing. We spoke about cost segregation specialists. This is a transactional individual. You don't necessarily have them on your team, but this is a role that 
you want to reach out to the specialist, Koi says, do not DIY it. Reach out to a reputable specialist, and there are several in the industry. When you are looking to take advantage of this bonus depreciation and a qualified intermediary, this is who you would use for 1031 exchanges. So they would help you to defer capital gains taxes. And again, it's transactional. This is before, before your purchase. You want to definitely purchase before selling. Before selling, you want to make sure that you have a qualified intermediary on board to defer capital gains taxes and cost segregations that is after your purchase. Okay. And again, not one, one size does not fit all. Not everyone need, not all individuals, depending on your financial picture, I would say you need to do a cost segregation study. It really depends. I know we were talking a little bit earlier with one of the members of our community. She had leveraged a lot of her tax write-offs already. So the cost segregation study right now would not yield her the the highest benefit. Next year, it would yield her a higher benefit, even at the 80th percentile range. So guys, this is an overview, full disclaimer, neither Quay or I are financial advisors, attorneys, tax advisors, licensed CPAs, or anything like that. We're just, this is here purely for the sake of education and entertainment, letting you know how we did things and what we have seen have worked and what we've seen have not worked. Here's another tip. I engaged the, when I say engaged, I located the cost segregation specialist before we closed. I had a conversation with her about what we were, what about the property and that we were going to close. And so she said, send me the link to the property and I could give you an estimate as to what your cost savings would be. And so I, I did that. And this was before the study was even done. And so she sent back an estimate of what the cost savings would be, the tax deduction. And it was like, within a few dollars of the final amount. So that might be helpful to you to really see and know exactly how much you'll be able to save. Because I just have to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are doing this, but I wasn't really sure. Is this really legal? Those kinds of questions. But the more I investigated and spoke to the experts and spoke to my CPA, the more I realized that this is absolutely legitimate and it is going to be phasing out phasing out yeah mm-hmm. this year is the last year for a hundred percent next year will be 80 percent. i will take that all day any day <laughs> and then so forth and so on i don't know the exact numbers but know that if you're on the fence i don't know maybe i'll wait don't wait too long because it might be gone that's my advice yeah you're right Quay, because we the hesitancy i'm seeing yeah we do see faster than expected inflation we do see the higher than expected insurance insurance interest rates but you're still looking to buy before the end of the year that's not deterring you i see that and so it's still going to be a balancing act you still have to do the math but it the cost segregation is definitely a powerful tool to offset some of those concerns, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And a lot of people want to know well, how much does the study cost? It depends. Yeah, that's a great on, question. You're right. Yeah, it depends on the size of your property, what's on your property, the value of your property. Yeah, and it can be anywhere from, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars. I think we paid 3000 
for our property. And it was worth every single penny. And guess what? I got that back in the tax savings. It's it's well worth it. Awesome. Awesome. No, I absolutely love that. That is a question that comes up often. And so, Quay, tell us a little bit again about the timeline. Paint us a picture of that timeline and, and what to expect there. So we went into contract, as I said, in July, but we didn't close until November. But I had already started speaking to the, as we got closer and I and it became clearer that we were, in fact, going to close. Then I started speaking more about the cost segregation study with the, with the company. We lined up a date after closing, of course, so that because I knew I had to move rapidly through this process. And so within, I think it was a week after closing, the person from the company went to the house and we got the report, let's see, November, we got the report before the end of the year. It was pretty, it was pretty straightforward. But again, I had laid the groundwork instead of calling her up like November 10th saying, can you do this before the end of the year? Because remember, they're probably inundated with these cost segregation study requests. So build that relationship early on so that they're expecting your, your deal to come through and they've made, they plan for it in their schedule. And you know what? That's what Yona said. He goes, yes, reach out, but <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I am fully bugged. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And so, Kwe, you spoke a little bit earlier about something that I know plagues a lot of people in the community. They, number one, don't know if it's a legitimate thing that they should do. Number two, they don't know if it's for them. Number three, they're just, there's confusion around it. And so my mission really over the last month was to debunk and demystify any of those hesitations. How do you work with the tax strategist during the year? How often? I actually think that it depends on the tax strategies. So for instance, there's the, my personal tax strategies. I work with them on a quarterly basis, but it really depends on, on that particular tax strategist. Just want to uh, add a couple of uh, more tips. Yes. So if you are, <laughs> if you are at all considering, and you should do this in anyways, because even if you don't do the cost segregation study, there are ways in which you can deduct your expenses on your taxes and you have to talk to your CPA about that. But for the cost segregation study, you need to have a hundred hours of material participation. So I, from the time I went into contract, I documented, I put it right on my phone, on my calendar. You can get fancy with an Excel spreadsheet. If you're like Rachel, who loves Excel spreadsheets, or there's a, an app called Reps Tracker and document every single thing you have to do with the uh, property. And if you're not sure, counts or not, put it down anyways, because you'll need to have 100 hours and more than any other one person. So if you have a cleaner who does whatever, 10 hours, then you have to make sure you have at least more hours than that cleaner. So I documented my travel. I could drive there to and from my travel to the closing, to the property, to Bed Bath Beyond Target, Home Depot, time I spent fixing up the property, whatever I did, cleaning cabinets, washing, laundry, all of those things, because your CPA will ask you for documentation of your hours. 
Now, my CPA did not allow me to take any of the education. I spent a lot of time on education, which is okay because I made sure I had over a hundred hours that where I was actually going to the property and doing something or doing research, you know, but then you don't want to have 50 hours of research, right? But just put down anything that you do and then ask questions of your CPA when the time comes. Oh, that's a good tip because I know you guys, I know you're up late at night <laughs> doing research. So who would have thought you would get credit for that? You get some credit for, I don't want you up all night, but if that is you, you can get a few hours there as well. So that was a good pointer that I don't think anyone is really talking about, Quay. So research, that is a good one. Yes. I'm I'm up. I'm the person laying in bed with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we could take a photo of everyone who's laying up in bed with their phone, looking at property on Zillow or wherever your favorite app is. Oh my goodness, there would be a lot of individuals. What's the name of the app you mentioned on hours tracking? It's called Reps, R-E-P-S, Tracker. And it was actually developed by somebody who is an investor and needed some way to keep track of their their hours. I started using it, but I don't know. I like the Excel spreadsheet and the calendar method. But I, I am going to try and migrate to Reps Tracker because all of my colleagues say that it's it's very, very simple to use and you always have it with you. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have a realtor that you would recommend in the Catskills area in New York? If you don't, that's okay. But she's asking if you have one. I do. And why don't you reach out to me through Facebook Messenger or if you're in Slack, through Slack, and I'd be happy to pass along his information. And I've been very happy with him. And I'm looking at some other properties with him because I'm looking for my short-term rental that I'm going to close this year <laughs> by November way, my, my new construction is delayed. So now I'm scrambling like you guys. I was watching you guys from the sideline. <laughs> scrambled as well. You you have this knack about you, Quay, which I love, is you stumble into the areas where there is regulation, but off the beaten path, the regulation is a bit loose on perhaps the other side of where the regulation is tighter. So your your skills and expertise and understanding zoning, I think, has served you well and has served our community well. As well, no pun intended. And thank you for, I know you volunteered as well during the summit and you shared content there as well. So I thank you for that. Oh my goodness. And so you are the best of our community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. I just, it gives me great joy to share information and see us all win. This is, there's more than enough for all of us out there. And I love to see everyone succeed. We rise by lifting others up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Quay. Any final words, Quay, before you hop off? It's not too late. It's not too late to start investing. It's not too late to try and take advantage of that short-term rental. It's not too late. All right, go out and get it done. I needed that too, Quay. (laughs) For those of you who connect with me week after week after week and come on social and 
watch my little show and <laughs> and are benefiting from the value and are taking action, just know that I so appreciate you being here. And I love you guys to the moon and back. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye for now.